So today's message uh, comes from uh, Second Peter, the book of Second Peter. Uh, in school, I go to college, and, and I just finished up last Tuesday. It was my last Tuesday driving every week to Grand Rapids for the last four years. So hallelujah. Hopefully, hopefully I got one more online, two more online classes. I got to take a test today when I get out of church tonight. And I got uh, one more class I'm finishing up online. And I'll be able to get my associate's degree in ministerial leadership. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long journey, but uh, God is good. So, um, yeah, God is good. And uh, so we've been studying this in our, in our hermeneutics class. And so, like, hermeneutics is a crazy thing, but it's good. I learned. It took me a while to get there. But it's, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good way to learn. It's a good way to uh, study. It's a good way for knowledge. So uh, if I mess it up, if you know about hermeneutics out there, if I mess it up, please forgive me because I'm still learning. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give what the Lord put on my heart. So uh, it's in Second Peter. We're going to start in, uh, in chapter 1 at verse 1. And we're going to go through this. There's a lot of stuff, so I'm going to skip around through it. Um, I, wish, I wish we were doing a series, but we're not. So I'm going to try to give you as much meat as I can, all right? And kids, I'll try to make it interesting so you don't fall asleep, all right? All right, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you that uh, you call us to worship you, Lord. You call us to grow in you. Lord, you call us to help others uh, grow in you. Lord, you've given us access to knowledge and wisdom, to discernment, and Lord, most of all, you've given us access to your Holy Spirit for power, Lord God, that we can go out and minister and evangelize this, this earth for you. Lord God, I pray for every person out here, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that whatever, wherever step they are in their walk, Lord, let us all realize that we're all in this walk together. Lord, individually we're taking steps. Lord, help the ones that maybe been along for a little while uh, not to have that, um, that sense of, uh, uh, of, uh, 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 of not noticing what's going on in somebody's life. Sometimes we get so involved in our life, Lord, we can't see others. Lord, I pray. Lord, and I pray for the new, the new, new people walking in this walk. Lord, that you, you just fill them, Lord God, with joy and excitement. Lord, but fill them with discernment too, Lord. And Lord, we pray as we go through this word that we all get what you want us to get, Lord, and, and Lord, me as well. Lord, this is as much for me as it is for anyone else. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Open our ears and open our eyes to what you want us to hear and see today. And to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. So it starts out, and this, this got me from the very beginning, but it starts out, it says, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you to share the same precious faith we have. The faith was given to you because of justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and in Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's so interesting about that for me was that when you start to think about Simon Peter, right? Remember Simon Peter of the Gospels? 
he always jumped first and then kind of backtracked. Kind of reminds me of me sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. But, but this, is, this is a different Simon Peter. I personally believe Simon Peter wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Some people don't. Some theologians don't. But I believe he did. I believe we're not seeing a different writer. We're seeing a mature brother in the Lord. He had walked that walk. He had done that, remember? And, and where Simon Peter really changed, which I think is awesome, is when Jesus came back. Remember when he came back and he said, Peter, do you, do you love me? You know? And Peter said, yeah, I, I love you, Lord. I know I do. I know, you know I love you, Lord. And, and Jesus does that, goes through that three times and, and Peter gets restored. And from that moment on, we see Peter growing and growing and growing. Yeah, he, he had a run in with Paul. Remember that? That was crazy. But, but he kept maturing. And, and when he's writing Second Peter, he's close to the end of his life. And we'll talk about that later. But it says that he is a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I thought it was interesting because the Simon Peter of the Gospels would have said it this way, I think. I'm an apostle and I'm a slave, not a slave and an apostle. He, 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 he's a slave first. He's a servant of Jesus Christ. The only reason why I think he said apostle is because when you read through this book, he's trying to give them instructions. He's trying to give them instructions on how to live. And so the, I think the point of saying the apostle was to establish authority, to say, look, I'm an apostle. I walked with Jesus. Because I think in the story, you got a bunch of different people, right? Different groups of people, just like, I don't know, like our church. We have a, a different group of people, right? And so Peter's trying to speak to all of them in this book. And, he, and, and, I, and I believe there's new believers among them because he says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God in Jesus our Lord. So I think, I think he's speaking to, to new believers. I think he's speaking to believers that have been walking a little while. And then he's speaking to, I always do this, okay, because we, we mature Christians, okay? And what I mean by that is, I mean that there, you know, I'll just be, I'm going to be real. I'll be real. I always try to sugarcoat things. I'm not good at that. I think sometimes some of us get to a place where we almost have arrived. There's no more I can learn. And, and we get this kind of attitude in our head that we have the right to judge the way somebody else is living. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? We don't. There's only one judge. And Peter says that throughout this book. There's only one judge. And he does send out warnings, but it's different to send out a warning than to talk about people. There's difference between giving a warning and talking about people. You understand what I'm saying? That so-and-so, oh, did you see them? They were, they, were, they were going into the liquor store. We don't know why they were going into the liquor store. They could have been going to get candy for kids' church, and it just happened to be a liquor store, you know? This or that, little things like that happen. Sometimes we get pulled into gossip. Maybe, maybe not even people from our church, but here's the key to all of it. No matter where you are in that walk, no matter if you're the recipient of somebody that judges you, guess what? 
you're going to get judged. There are people out there going to do it. The enemy uses people to destroy the church. And we can be a part of it or we can stand against it. Sometimes we're going to get sucked into things that we go, oh man, if we let pride stop us from going and making it right, it's not going to get any better. It's like sweeping something under the rug, right? Guess what? When you keep sweeping stuff under the rug, sooner or later it starts to make a hump. You know? And not only that, underneath that rug where that hump is building, there's mold building. There's gross stuff happening. There's disease happening. And it gets worse and worse and worse. So we got to stop doing that. We can't do that. We, and, 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 I, and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because this, this group of people, we're loving and we work through those things. I've seen people go and work out offenses. I've seen people go, you know, I forgive you. I've seen us argue a little bit. But right after that, go, man, I'm sorry I acted that way. I shouldn't have did that. I've had to do that. You know? I'm thankful that we have a, a, a body of believers that love each other. Really love each other. And we got to keep going with that. Because there are people coming that need that. There are going to be people that come to this church, and maybe even today, that haven't been to church in a long time because you know why? Because you're church people. We got to stop being church people. We got to start being God people. We got to start being Christ people. And we got to start loving them where they're at. And I'm thankful that we do that. This is the churches. Come as you are. Hallelujah. But there are places out there that are not like that. We need to pray for them. Because we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Christ. I tell that to our kids all the time. They're the hands and the feet of Christ. If you don't love them, who's going to? And that's got to be each of us. If we don't share love, and there's different ways to do that. We got people that can go on the street and they can evangelize and they'll get in people's face. And that's awesome. That's not how I do it, but that's how they do it. And guess what? People come to Christ. I shouldn't judge that. I shouldn't say you shouldn't go and do that. Sometimes I think I do that, though, because it's not what I would do. But you know what? There are a group of people that, that God uses that person to reach for them. As long as they don't get haughty and judgmental and get to be one of those mature Christians that are all that and they've arrived, then God will use them to reach those people, and it'll be awesome because I can't reach them kind of people. I don't like to argue, believe it or not. That might surprise some of you. I don't. I don't like to argue. But I'm also not afraid of conflict, you know? So I think we got to get to a place where we got to determine what gifts God has given us and use those gifts. And it can be prayer. It can be praying in our closet. It can be praying in our, in our work group, but in, our, in our prayer group. But sometimes you got to put legs to those prayers, and God is going to put you, prayer warrior, in a position to share the love of God with somebody. Maybe it's going to be at the doctor's office. Maybe it's going to be at the restaurant. Maybe it's going to be driving down the road and you're stuck in a traffic jam. Maybe it's going to be your neighbor. Maybe it's going to be your sister, your brother. I don't know. But sooner or later, we got to put legs to our prayers. we got to come out of the closet and we got to do the work of Christ. Amen? Amen. So this is what Peter's saying. Peter's, he, he moves on and, and, he, and he gets to this part. In my Bible, it says, paying attention to Scripture. So he's going to use scripture. 
He's going to, now this is where he's starting to reach that middle group of people that are like growing in the Lord. Now, let me give you a little background because I can't go through all of it. I wish I could. But so the background, the atmosphere is you got some new believers that are coming into the faith. You got some believers that have been there for a little while. Then you got mature believers. And by the way, these mature believers are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They are not acting appropriately. And not only now, it's not just in their own right. You know, sometimes we can justify what we do, you know, in our own mind. It's not, it's way past that. It's way, way past that. Now that's manifesting in the stuff that they should not be doing. Immoral, bad, bad stuff. Lying, cheating, and other stuff that I won't say because our kids are here, but bad stuff. Adults, you, you get the picture, right? Okay. So they're involved in these things. And so these new believers are going, huh. Well, do you mean I can still drink, smoke, and do all this other stuff? They are. Oh, you mean I can still gossip and do this and that and the next thing? They are. And then some of them are going, now the the people that he's really starting to dig into in this middle section are the people going, man, I don't want to do that, but if they can do it, why, why shouldn't I? They're questioning. They're like, in their mind, they're so confused of what, what to do, where to turn to. Because they not only see the middle, the middle group that are struggling in their walk, really. They're seeing this mature group that's doing all the teaching and all the talking, living this way on the street and being this way in church. All right? And, and I don't know about you, but I remember when I first got saved, there happened to be a few kinds of those people in our church. You know? And what I've come to learn is, guess what? Those few kind of people are everywhere. And instead, of, I would, I'd get mad, you know. Uh, I'd get really mad, and I'd want to go after them, you know. But I, I began to learn in my call that people are people. And we got to love them where they're at, including the ones we don't like. Including the ones that we know are wrong. It's our job to help them, because at the moment... Maybe we're seeing it the right way, and they're not. Everybody falls. So you got to be careful. You get to this line, and I used to tell my girls, because they, my girls, they'd get, they were fired up like their mom, not like me. They were like their mom. No, they were, they were like both of us, actually. But, you know, they would see this going on in different people. And, and sometimes these people would come and talk to my daughter or my daughters or my wife and not say anything to me. But they would say some things that weren't, and it would hurt my family. And, and I, think, I think that's happened to a lot of us. I think that people that are mature in Christ have come and said something to, and it, it's hurt us in our spirit. It has squashed what God is doing. And we've said, you know what, if that's the way it is, I'm not going to do it. That is a trick from the enemy. The enemy, remember, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his job. I love what Pastor Norm said a few weeks ago. He said, the devil don't have no friends. He hates everyone. And that's absolutely true. Sometimes we want to roll in that stuff of evil because it feels good and we think we're being loved and we're, we're, it's all awesome. But guess what? It is only a trick to get you to your de- demise. It's only a trick that you will burn in the pit of fire forever. That is the enemy's goal, that you don't make it to heaven, that you don't receive Jesus Christ as Lord. 
And so what, that's what's going on here. There's a group of people that are teaching heresy. They're teaching false doctrine. They're not, they're not, they're not teaching the way of the Lord. I, I even think that they're going so far to say, you know, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, man. And they're saying, no, not really. You can get to heaven a different way. You don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, you don't, you don't not only have to not do that, you can do all these other things and still be okay. And, and Peter's saying that's not true. So he's starting to reach these middle group. And he says in verse uh, 16, I didn't bring my glasses. Yes, I wear glasses now. I found out the other day. I'm like, oh, man. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majesty splendor with our own eyes. So there's people questioning Peter's authority. Remember in the beginning, he established authority because people weren't believing. They were saying Jesus isn't, and, and Peter saying, whoa, 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 I'm telling you, I was there. Remember, I'm an apostle. I walked with Jesus. I walked with Jesus. I seen it with my own eyes. The voice, that majestic glory of God said to them, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. He's saying, listen to me. Now he's kind of shifting. He's still talking to the new believer, but he's saying to that group that's struggling, listen to me. I was there. I know. I heard God's voice. I seen the son being raised. I walked with him. I seen the miracles. I saw what God did by my own eyes. And he's, he's this, and, and there's, no, there's no exclamation points in 2 Peter. At least I, I didn't see any. And I was looking for him. Well, hold on a minute. Peter of the Gospels, everything was an exclamation point. You know? But this is Peter. He is not just speaking to him, them. You can tell that he loves these people. It's his second letter to him. And he constantly in the book, he's saying, I'm, I'm here to remind you. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to remind you. You know what he's saying? I'm here to love you through this. I'm here to love you through this. I'm here to love you through this. He loves them. He is pleading with them to stop walking the way that they're walking. He's pleading with the new believers saying, don't look at what they're doing wrong. Know what God did right and follow that. I'll work on them. You, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't ever forget that. He's the same Jesus that was there in your salvation. Grab a hold of that. And at the same time he's doing that, he's sending warning to these false teachers. He's sending notice to them like, I know what you're doing and you're next. And we go, in a, we go and, and he takes it into... Uh, uh, the second chapter and he says but there is also false prophets in Israel so he starts to call them out he says just just as there were false teachers among you that will cleverly uh, teach destruction heresies and even deny the master who brought them in this way they will bring sudden destructions on themselves many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality and because of these teachers the way truth shall be slandered in their greed they will make up clever they will make up clever lies and get a hold of your money but god condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed 
in verse 4, it says this. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. What? Now, that's some pretty serious language. He starts to pull out the heavenlies on him. He said he didn't even spare the angels. Why would he spare you? Now he's sending notice to them saying, look, you better stop doing what you're doing. He goes into chapter 2. He does a lot of that. He, if you read the rest through uh, 2, you'll see that he continuously is saying, stop doing it, stop doing it, stop doing it. And what blows my mind about this Peter is that as I read it, I'm like, get him, Peter! Tell him! Right? But then I go back and look. No exclamation points. He's even loving them. Peter, the guy that cut off the dude's ear, he's even loving them, saying, please, turn, don't teach this stuff. Remember, remember what, what you said. Remember what, do you know what you're doing? You know, he's even going back to them and, and reminding them that God is still there for you. You can turn from that right now. So now he gets into verse 17 of chapter 2. These people are, now he's, now he's going back. He's talking to the group. False teachers are still there. So he's kind of, uh, I don't know, he's kind of getting on them without getting on them. But he's saying, these people are useless and dried up springs or a mist blown away from the wind. They are doomed to the blackest darkness. Not just the darkness, the blackest darkness. That's pretty dark. They're not going to a good place. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted uh, desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped. So he, he goes to them and says, he's pulling them into their, they, we know they're, they're false teaching, and they're trying to pull them uh, back. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. Listen, we are slaves to whatever controls us. So in this part, I see Peter calling out sin. And he's saying, okay, if you're in a pit and there's all these people down there, the person in the pit with you can't get you out of the pit. You see what I'm saying? You're down in this hole. There's no way out. The person that's down, you can stand on their shoulders. They can try to throw you, but you're not going to make it. See, they're in the pit with you. And not only that, they're going to step on you to try to get out. So you got to get away from them. And you that are doing this, you're worse than anything. You, the darkest, the blackest, darkest place is reserved for you from the beginning of time. So he takes them back and says, he takes them back into Jewish teaching is what he's saying. Just like, Long ago, it was already predestined for you. If you act this way, this is where you're going. So he's trying to, he pulls at them with their, their history. He pulls with them with their heritage. He pulls at them with their present. And in a little bit, he's going to pull at them in their future. So all the time, while he's talking to all these groups of people, loving them all through, he's still trying to make the false teachers and these, these evil people turn from their wicked ways because he loves them. Because this is the Peter that is grown and matured in God, that loves Jesus. And when you love Jesus, you love everybody. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, man, this, is, this was a hard, hard book for me because I have things in my heart that I have stored against people that have done my family wrong, that have done me wrong, to say, no, you're not even worth that. And that, I had to repent. 
I, I had to spend hours repenting, saying, God, remove that from my heart because that will hold you back. It will hold you back. It will keep you from not letting God move in you. And if you love God and you want to be used of God, we got to get clean of ourselves. We can't, we can't help. We, if we're a slave, we can't free the slave. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to get out. We've got to get ourselves out of that pit so we can help them out of the pit. And, and what's awesome about that is we can't do it on our own. If you were to imagine this deep hole and you, you had to climb to get out, you've been in there for a long time, you don't have the strength, you don't have the will, you, it takes a miracle for you to get the strength, to get the will, other than somebody throwing down a rope, which is another miracle, right? There's different forms of miracles. And we can get out and get freedom if we grab a hold of the one who brings freedom. Amen? So he goes on. We're, we're almost done here. We're getting there. And he's in chapter 3 now. And it's the day of the Lord's, Lord's coming. So now he's going to say, I'm going to tell you all what's happening, what's going to happen, which I love. And he says, this is, my, this is my second letter to you, dear friends. Dear friends, he loves them. He knows them. And in both of them, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome, too wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I love that. He's pulling that past. He's a heritage. Remember who you are. I want to remember that the holy prophets said long ago that what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? Remember I said that they were even preaching that Jesus couldn't save anybody. That's what he's referring to. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from water and surrounded it with water. Then he said to use the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and the earth have, be, have been stored up for fire. They are being kept from the day of judgment when the ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow to, about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Oh my goodness. God is holding back wrath for us. He is holding back his wrath for the ones that have not come to him yet. If we don't lead them to him, who's going to? He is holding back all that is to come. And that's what he's telling them. Look, and I'm holding this back. I don't have to. And he goes in a little bit later and, and gets even stronger language throughout the rest of that chapter, that portion, where he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about the days of Noah when the flood came and what happened. So this is pretty serious stuff. He's saying the day is coming. But remember, it's not, it's not, it is coming soon, but the Lord is being patient with you for your sake. Not for his sake, for your sake, he's being patient with you. 
Praise the Lord. We're getting into the last section. If uh, uh, Rachel, if you'll come. He says in, verse, or in chapter 3, verse 17, I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends. Be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of the wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, or our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All the glory to him both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm warning you ahead of time, he says. I think he's doing that. I think when Peter wrote this book, it wasn't just for the days of, of that group of people. He's writing it to us. He's warning us of what's coming. Because it's still coming. Here's the, here's the thing. The days of, that this was written really hasn't changed that much. If anything, it's probably gotten worse. The same immorality that was going on then is going on now. The same wicked, lying, deceiving people that were false teaching and giving out new age stuff that was happening then, is happening now. The same people that are trying to pull our kids away into the darkness, still happening. We have to fight for them. We have to fight for us. They're the church of today. And if we walk by example, they will not only lead us in that way, but they'll lead for years to come after we're gone. I'm so thankful that I'm, you know, I'm the family life coordinator, but I'm so thankful I'm the children's pastor because those, those kids over there teach me more every week than I, than I learn on my own walking. They ask me questions that challenge me. They believe simply when we pray. They believe simply it's going to happen. And it's refreshing. And they restore my soul. They love me just the way I am. And I pray a lot. And they don't know this. I not only pray a lot for them, but I pray that God will help me be like them. Because I, I get to witness and feel their love every time I see them. And it restores my soul every time. I've learned that they are the call of freedom. They know what it is to be free. They don't think they do, and that's the awesome thing about it. They're not bound to the same thing we're bound to, you know? We've got all these things in our head that, that these experiences that we've been through that hold us back, that keep us in that pit, that don't allow us to grab that rope or don't allow us to climb our way out. They don't have that junk. And so when I get to be with them, it's, it's like I hear Peter sometimes like, remember, remember who you are. We have to remember who we are in Christ. We have an identity in him. And it's only in him that we have identity. And I've said it a thousand times and I'm gonna say it again. Men, we are the prince to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Women, you are the princess to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Everything that he has is ours. He does not want us to be in that blackest, darkest place. He wants us to be in the 
the glory of heavens. We had this, we had this production last week. And it was a great example, I really believe, of what it looked like, that battle that was going on. That battle that goes on in the spirit every day over your soul. It's not just at Christmas. It's not just at Easter. There's a battle for your soul every day in the heavenlies. We got to remember that. And when we fall, we need to get up. We need to shake it off. We need to ask God for forgiveness. We need to ask people that we've offended. We'll let pride get in our way and it'll, it'll hold us back. And if we do that too many times, it starts to lead into some of these other things. And we say, really? Maybe some of you say, really? Yeah. It starts with a little thing. And it builds and it builds and builds. We got to have the eyes of Christ. The heart of the king. Love people where they're at. And let's, let's love each other where we're at, right? Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. And Lord, I thank you that it was just as much for me, Lord, that you're, you're, you're working in for me. So Lord, forgive me for the unforgiveness and the bitterness I hold against uh, some of these people. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you forgive me. And Lord, I pray whatever damages be done, Lord, you'll use me to heal wounds, to build bridges. Lord God, to send down a rope. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those that might be here today that they've been on the receiving end of, of hurtful people that have told them things that maybe aren't true. Maybe they were true, but Lord, it wasn't done in love. It wasn't done appropriately. It wasn't, it wasn't done with the right heart. Lord, I just come against that right now. I come against the lying, deceiving ways of the enemies that would say, see, that's what it means to be a Christian. Lord, I, I come against that lie in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that your love would filter their heart right now. Lord, that uh, those wicked and evil things that were said to them, Lord, you showed them it was a lie and a trick from the pit of hell. I can stand up here and say all the words in the world, but Lord, it's not going to heal their heart until you touch them. So Lord God, I pray you touch them. Lord, I pray that they come to you. They worship you and they love you, Lord, and they feel your love and know that you know them. Hallelujah. I feel like there's a sister here today. I want to tell you something, just like I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. You are the princess to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that hurt that is in your heart, God knows it. He was there that moment that happened. He watched it grow. And he, he wants to take that away. He's seen the tears and the fight over it in your spirit. Somebody squashed you down and said that you're, you're nothing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are something. You are something in God's eyes. He loves you. He wants to take that from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For that brother out there, God, God was there when that moment happened. There was a fight and, and, and you were hurt, not just physically, but spiritually because it done something to your spirit. It, it said that you were worthless, not because you lost the fight, but because of who I was with. That was, a, that was a time that the enemy used that person to destroy who you were. But he says, forgive them. Forgive him. Forgive him. Love him anyway. Love him anyway. Because God has got something for you. He's going to use that moment. He's going to turn it for good. 
He's going to use that testimony. He's going to bring you out of that. And he's going to use that to bring other men, other people out of that. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, I just give you thanks for that, Lord God. I pray that you work in their, in their hearts, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those of us, Lord, that have been instruments of hurting people. Lord, maybe we were deceived and we said things that we shouldn't have. Lord, forgive me for doing that. Lord, forgive me for any time that I've spread gossip, Lord, that I've said hurtful words. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that, uh, that, that today, Lord God, that your word is still true. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus. Listen, I know how hard that moment is. I remember the day it happened to me. And when a pastor made that, that plea, there were butterflies going on in my stomach. I, I almost felt sick, but there was something drawing me. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. He loves you. He wants you to be with him forever. He wants to use you to reach other people. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to use your story. And no matter how bad you think it is, I, I can testify. And a lot of you know my, my testimony. God will turn every bad for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Brother or sister, he wants to use you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do a bold, bold state, a bold thing. I'm going to ask you to come up here and stand in this front. And I'm not doing it because I want to embarrass you. I'm not doing it because, because you know, we want to look at you. I want to do it because I want you to be bold enough to say, God, Jesus is my God. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. And I guarantee you, he will change your life forever just like he did mine. If that's you today, on the count of three, I want you to come to this altar and we're going to pray with you. One, two, three. If that's you, come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't normally do this. I don't normally ask. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Normally, I have you raise your hand, but today, God wants you to make a bold statement for him. You know, God says, in his word, he says that, that if you de de deny me before men, I will deny you in heaven. I don't want that to be you. I know it's not easy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you got some unsettling in your spirit. Maybe you got unforgiveness built up in you and you need prayer for that. If that's you, come on up here and stand with these men. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe somebody, maybe you said a word to somebody and you haven't sought forgiveness for that. Maybe you need to seek forgiveness for something. If that's you, come on up. Hallelujah. 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 
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Maybe you need healing today. And maybe it's not just a physical healing, but you need a spiritual healing. There's something that happened in your life that you think that you can't be forgiven for. Or maybe somebody else did it to you. And somehow you've taken that on in yourself. And that's, a, that's another lie. God did not cause that person to hurt you. That person hurt you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If you came up for salvation, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if saints, if you'll join in with us, we're all going to say it. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wicked ways, Lord God. Forgive me, Lord, for believing lies in the deceit of the enemy. But Lord God, today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins that I can be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah.